Okay. Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Utapakam Sri Guru Vaishnavamsha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Ragunatan Vitam Tamsa Jeevam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Sri Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Paran Sahagana Lalita Sri Visakam Vitamsha Om Agyanati Mirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chaksurun Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sukkaro Paramanando Sundaro Subalapriyo Shri Guru Vaishnava Shri Guru Parampara Ki Jai Shri Guru Dev Ki Jai Shri Vaishnavrinda Ki Jai All right, uh, welcome again, welcome Hari Priya and all the rest that I mentioned already. And today we will be talking on the speaking on the fourth verse of I mean fourth chapter of, of uh, Jaiva Dharma. And the title of this chapter is Vaishnava Dharma is Nitya Dharma, meaning Nitya Dharma meaning the eternal function of the soul. And um, this um, this chapter starts with a very kind of intriguing, I would say, um, incident. So what happened in the previous chapter was that Lahiri, Lahiri Mahasai um, uh, moved to Vaishnav Das's and Prem Das Babaji's Kunja because the place he was staying in, um, the Madhav Das Babaji had that fall down and Lahiri Mahasai didn't want to take any risks that the other devotees would start uh, uh, kind of like avoiding him or whatever. So he moved in with Vaishnavdas and Premdas Babaji. And um, let me do one quick thing here. And um, so now in the beginning of this fourth chapter, they are in the Pradunya Kunja. And it's, it's the evening time. And Bhagavad gives this like short description of the Kunja. There's like different kinds of fruit trees and little betel. on that has been there since the time of Pradyumna Brahmachari, who was a close associate of Mahaprabhu's. And so now Lahiri Mahasha is chanting in his own kutir and Vaishnav Das is in an adjacent uh, kutir chanting his rounds. And Mahiri, uh, Lahiri Mahasha has this little light, uh, some kind of a lamp in his room. And in the flicker of the light, all of a sudden he sees something that looks like a snake in the doorway of his kutir and he freaks out and he picks up the lamp and takes a sticks and takes a stick and is ready to kill the snake. 
and he shouts out to the other Kutir where Vaishnav Das is chanting. He said, Vaishnav Das, you know, be careful. There's, I think the a snake is like on its way to your Kutir. And then Vaishnav Das kind of probably kind of chuckles at him and says, you don't, that's nonsense. You know, just come, come to my, uh, not cabin, but come to my Kutir and, and stop being afraid of the snake. And so Lahiri Mahashai comes and start chanting, starts um, Vaishnav does this kutir, but he's still agitated, and then he, he can't stop talking about it. He's like, you know, what, Mahasha, you know, our Shantipur is much better in this way. There's no, not all these kind of critters kind of implying that Shantipur is like Not, not a disciple at this point, but like a mentee or something. And he says that, um, basically he says that, well, the first thing he says, which I thought was kind of cool, he said, I'm sure you've read the Srimad Bhagavatam, you know, think about Maharaj Parikit. Like he was waiting for this like snake bird and he knew for seven days that he was going to get bitten. <laughs> and he had absolutely no fear. I mean, this snake bird is like, beast that looks like a dragon at least according to the bbt artists and it like shoots out fire and stuff it's a pretty horrendous way to die you know die by burning by this dragon kind of monster and so vaishnava says i'm sure you've heard that you know instead of being afraid uh maharaj Parikit, you know tasted the full ras of of krishna praying by you know, stopping all of his material desires and only listening to Shukadeva Swami. And then Vaishnav Das goes further to say that, that we have our karma and there's nothing we can do to change that other than bhakti, of course. But in terms of the karma itself, it's going to reverse whether you are going to be into it or not. And like, as long as you're not supposed to die according to your karma, you can sleep in a bed of snakes and you're not going to die. But if you're meant to be meant to die from, uh, from a snake bite, then nothing can save you. And then Vaishnava does this something that uh, really stuck with me. I, I remember I read the um, Java Dharma for the first time when I was a brand new devotee at 18. And, and this thing always stuck with me that Vaishnava does says next. And he says that one, one can't really like consider himself or herself to, be a Vaishnav, or one shouldn't call himself or a Vaishnav. Let's see the actual wording here so I don't botch it here. Uh, therefore, one may not introduce himself as a Vaishnav until he gets rid of his fear of snakes and all such things. If the mind is agitated by such fears, how will one be able to fix it upon the lotus feet of Sri Hari? And okay, like this is a pretty high standard when you think about it. Um, basically, it means to be a Vaishnav, you can't have almost any, you could say any identification with your body because fear obviously comes from your identification with your body. There's no fear unless you think that you, on some level, that you're this body and that you can be affected. And actually, Vaishnava Das Bhavachi makes that point. He says that the, the snake can never bite your siddhadeha, which is a funny way of saying that you're not your body. So there's nothing to be afraid of. And uh, 
I remember many years ago, like almost 15 years ago, um, pioneering. It was actually the first uh, rainy season that anybody spent in Madhuban out of us, you know, um, soft-skinned soft -skinned Westerners. And uh, so I was sleeping in a tent in the corral that used to be the corral. I don't even know what's there now because it's been so long since I was there. But I was sleeping in a tent and then in the middle of the night, I like felt something under my back. And um, so I kind of jumped up and lifted my tent and there was this baby rattlesnake right under my back. I hadn't ran to that point, so it didn't happen. Just like why? That for a good while, and like sleeping was a little uncomfortable and stuff. So obviously, I can't introduce myself as a Vaishnav yet. <laughs> That's for sure. And uh, so I. Uh, I think I kept sleeping there, but it was at first it was uh, kind of hard to hard to do. And another thing that comes to my mind is there are these like Christian sects sects that um, part of their worship or what they do in their churches. I think this is somewhere in the south in the U.S. I think so that's where all the crazy stuff happens, right? So they have this aquar aquarium full of. preachers or the priests they test their faith by sticking their hand <laughs> oh matthew's saying i'm freezing up oh yeah the internet has been really bad here um well we'll just make do and uh, if if you completely miss a point or something then let me know and then i'll repeat it but i i apologize for the internet's hopefully we'll get a, a better connection soon because it's been quite bad for for a few months now um so yeah i was saying how the christian some of the, these certain denominations in the south they stick their hand in this like aquarium full of poisonous snakes and test their faith in that way because i believe there's a passage in the bible that says that if you have true faith you can't be harmed by snakes or something like that. I forget the actual thing and then unfortunately a lot of the <laughs> preachers die of it because they get bitten and then I think maybe part of it is even that you're not supposed to go to the hospital. So, I mean, let's not be like that in order to call ourselves Vaishnavs, right? Like we don't want to be dead Vaishnavs, right? So anyway, moving forward, then then this, what, since Lahiri Mahashai saw the like faith of, of Vaishnav Das and his actual uh, detachment from his bodily conception, he, um, he some faith was like uh, building up in him, and he, then he said to Vaishnav Das that you know this is what's happening, and and because of being in your association, I've started to have faith in in the Nitya Dharma, the Vaishnav Dharma, but that I still can't quite understand. I, I see that they they are similar, but I can't understand how they are identical. These two, like Vaishnav Dharma and Nitya Dharma, and so he asked. Um, Vaishnav Das to please explain that to him. And uh, 
to really explain Vaishnava Dharma and how that relate and how that is the Nitya Dharma of the soul, uh, Vaishnava Das started in a very methodical way. Basically, what he does first is he first of all explains what Vaishnava Dharma is and how there's different uh, phases of it and how there's also distortions of Vaishnava Dharma. So he starts with explaining Vaishnava Dharma in all of its different nuances, basically, at first. And he starts it by breaking Vaishnava Dharma down to what he calls Sudha, Sudha Vaishnava Dharma, which means the pure Vaishnava Dharma, or the, or the Dharma of pure Bhakti, and then Vidha, V-A-D-D-H-A, Vidha Vaishnava Dharma, which means the uh, adulterated or impure Vaishnava Dharma. And uh, when, so he, first he starts explaining what this Vidha or adulterated Vaishnava Dharma is for the benefit of Lahiri Mahashai that he, so that Lahiri doesn't have a wrong conception of what he's uh, trying to achieve and what, he's, what his goal of spiritual practice is. And it's not to put down other paths or anything like that. It's just that if you want Shuddha Bhakti, if you want the, the pure form of devotion, then you have to be clear on what it is, right? And a good start is to explain other forms of uh, apparent Vaishnavism that is not Shuddha or, or pure, that doesn't only rely on devotion, but has other influences in it. And so first he explains this, uh, there's more difficult terms, but just bear with me, I'll translate it all. So the first, he, he's, he's, the first thing he says is, he differentiates between Karma Vidha Vaishnav Dharma and Gyan Vidha Vaishnav Dharma. And I guess that's pretty self-explanatory. It means the uh, Vaishnav Dharma adulterated by Karma and Vaishnav Dharma adulterated by Gyan. Example of, of Vaishnav Dharma adulterated, adulterated by Karma is the, um, let me see here. Yes, the smarta brahmanas, which means kind of like the orthodox Brahman class. It's maybe a little similar to like in the Bible, there's the Pharisees. So these like learned people, smarta brahmanas in India. And um, they consider Vishnu to be uh, just a demigod, the head of the demigods, but nonetheless a demigod, which means that then Vishnu is under the influence of karma instead of the other way around, like Shuddha Vaishnavsi. And so then they do all these, like they chant Gayatri, they do puja to Vishnu and things like this, but it's all to Shubha karma, like we were talking about last time, this like auspicious karma instead of going beyond the karmic cycle. And that's obviously not Shuddha Bhakti, and it's it's something we should avoid to do, like Vaishnavism, aim of getting material because we which is the you know Vaishnav.
is to just use the forms of these different divinities to finally realize that there are no forms and, and that everything is one and everything is Brahman. And um, that is, of course, another form of uh, Vaishnavism that we do not want to mix with our uh, attempt at Shuddha Bhakti because it's, it's going to take us astray from, from our cherished goal, which we'll be talking about. Of Dharma or the, the adulterated Vaishnav Dharma. Um, Vaishnav Das quotes that famous verse from the Bhagavatam that explains the different approaches. Ah, losing me again, huh? Just got a message from, from Ananga. Um, okay, I guess I'll start from the beginning, though, the, this what I was just saying. Um, so the next thing that Vaishnav Das says is that he quotes this famous verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam that describes the three different approaches that humans have towards the Absolute. And it goes, Varantita tattva vidas tattvam yat jnanam advayam paramatmati, no, brahmati paramatmati bhagavan iti shabdhyade. And it's basically saying that the people who are in the know, so to speak, they see the uh, what's like the the one spiritual reality as Bhagavan, uh, brahman paramatma and bhagavan and um then vaishnava das goes on to explain how um basically kind of saying the same thing as he was saying in the previous thing about the different consequential no what's the word uh, uh i can't find the word but they're not like eternal and uh that uh, he has this in, in interesting analysis, analysis of why they, about the Brahma Pravritti or the devotees or people who approach God as the all-pervading uh, formless Brahman. They it's naimittika because nimitta means a cause or like a material cause, and the naimittika word comes from that. That so there's a material cause in. Uh, striving for Brahman realization because you're trying to get away from material suffering, really. That's a huge motivation in mukti. Like you want to get away from suffering and from the material bondage. And then with the paramatma pravritti, the dharma of the practice itself, of course, the, the goal is eternal once you achieve it, but the, the practice or the dharma itself is not because you're also motivated by wanting this happiness of samadhi. And so there's this subtle 
motivation of wanting to be happy for oneself. And the Bhagavad Prabhupada in its purest form, like what we are attempting to follow as sadhakas, is that you don't do things for your own sake. It's the center is completely somewhere else than yourself. And that the fact that it's so selfless, that is the purity of, of uh, the Shuddha, pure Vaishnava Dharma. And, and the phase of, of the absolute, the one absolute that corresponds with this kind of, this level of selflessness and complete dedication and giving of oneself, that's the Bhagavad Prabhriti, which is the, the personal, uh, personal aspect. And Hey, I'm back. I don't know how, can you guys hear me? Okay. I don't know how much <laughs> we lost there, but um, maybe I, you guys can tell me what was the last thing you heard. You can write it in the chat if you want. I guess nobody heard anything. Well, anyway, I'll just continue where, where I left off. Oh, Bhagavad Prabhupada as the center. Okay. So, uh, yes, let's see here. Oh, yeah, I was saying how it's such a beautiful thing about uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism that there is no difference between the, the sadhana and the sadhana and the goal of that practice. And um, in, in, I, as far as I know, pretty much almost every other path that I can think of, there's a difference between their practice and what they want to achieve. And in some ways, we do have that as well, like because most of us are chanting Nam Aparad, which means our chanting is not pure. And so that's obviously not the goal, but the, the thing itself is not going to change. I mean, the cowherd voice, you know, in Vrindavan, in the Aprakat, you know, unmanifest, or the, the completely otherworldly Leela, they chant there. They, they sing the names of Krishna. And the, the whole point of, of Sadhana Bhakti, as well as the highest reach of praying, is to serve the personal form of God that we believe is the, the embodiment of all the three aspects that I just mentioned. And I don't know, I, I personally find it very beautiful that we are doing the real thing already. It's just us that don't get it, that we're actually doing the, the <laughs> we're actually there in number 
in a very kind of figurative sense, we could be there if only our minds were pure. We would realize, oh, we are doing the thing already that we're hoping that one day we will be achieving. And um, then after Vaishnavdas explains all these things, then Lahiri Mahashaya says that his faith in this uh, Sudha Vaishnav Dharma has been awakened. And then he asks for, he's in this very humble mood, and he asks for Siksha and Diksha from Vaishnavdas Babaji. But Vaishnavdas Babaji gets a little disturbed from that because he is a true Vaishnav and, and he feels like he's unqualified. And he says, I'm, I, I'm not qualified to be a, a Diksha Guru, but I'll certainly uh, give you instructions on Shuddha Vaishnav Dharma. And let's just keep it at that. That's what he basically says. And then he starts explaining. So first explain the Vidha Vaishnav Dharma and now... froze up okay now it seems like you're back right okay good uh my apologies again for this internet i gormarch is gonna there's somebody's coming next week to uh see if we could have a better internet uh, provider so hopefully next week or in a couple of weeks we'll be flying because the main thing is of course gormarch's sunday talks and when they get stuck like this it's a real pain so let's hope for the best Anyway, back to the top. So after explaining the Vidha Vaishnav Dharma, the, on, the adulterated Vaishnav Dharma, then Vaishnav Das starts talking about the, the breaking down the Shuddha Vaishnav Dharma of you know, the different parts of that. And he says how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, recognized three different uh, fundamental principles in, in Shuddha Vaishnav Dharma, which are, of course, Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan. And real quickly, those terms mean the, my Guru Mach uses a really fitting term for Sambandha, conceptual orientation. So kind of like the map of, of what you're supposed to strive for and, and what's what, and what fits, how things fit together really. Excuse me. Well, I guess patience is a virtue, right? So we're really becoming virtuous today, huh? Whew. Okay. So uh, what I was saying is that the uh, Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan, you can think of them as you have a map of San Francisco and you want to go to, you know, the ferry building. So that's the map is the, the um, Sambandha because you have to know are in relation to each other to know where you're going 
So that's the Sambandha. And the Abhideya is a pair of healthy legs, for example, or your Uber app, you know, that you use. But it's the act of using something to reach your goal is the Abhideya. And of course, in, in the case of Gaudiya Vaishnavas, Nam Bhajan or Harinam is the, the main Abhideya, but there are others as well. And then the Prayojan is, of course, the ferry building itself that is full of life and shops and everything. If you've ever been to San Francisco, it's a real hub of like busy, busy activity and all kinds of interesting things. So that's then what Vaishnav does is starting to explain these three different principles of Shuddha Vaishnav Dharma. And it's really interesting that Bhaktivinoda really emphasizes that, uh, that it's absolutely necessary to know Sambandha Gyan to, to reach to basically have Krishna Prem, that you cannot have the final destination of Krishna Prem without Sambandha Gyan. And I would like you guys to tell me why exactly it is so important. And, and I have two questions. Why is it so important? And, and how much of it do you need? <laughs> so let's see what kind of answers you can come up with. And if you don't feel comfortable saying anything, then you can write a short thing in the chat or. Oh, this is a nice one. Matthew says that we need to. Less by luck, you just happen upon there. Anang, I'm not sure what I said. I think it cut off, right? <laughs> I was saying that that Matthews, Matthew said that we need to intimately know the object of our love. And that's really what it's all about. And Shamananda and Sakirati, I'm assuming S and S is that. Because there's K and K, so S and S must be Shamananda and Sakirati. So they say, without Sambandha, you can't know the way. And that's also true. And, um, and then Sarada says, if there is no difference between sadhana and the goal, is it in the Shastra that what is important? Is it in the Shastra that what is important is the praying within or linked with the intent of the sadhaka? Hmm, I don't quite understand the question. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Thanks for clarifying for a simpleton like myself. So Sharda says intent is important. And that's absolutely right. So really, when I was a young devotee, I, I couldn't understand why everybody didn't end up in Golok when they chanted Krishna's name, because it's Krishna's name, right? So why is it, why do you have to have a certain conception? Why does the name itself not purify you? That was my question. And then later on, especially when I connected with Gurumarj, and he very much emphasizes Sambandhi Gyan, that, that's really what he tries to push to devotees as his service, is to really understand the Sambandhi Gyan of Gaudiya Vaishnavism clearly and comprehensively. 
So then I realized that 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 Krishna Nam or the Mahamantra. Okay, you're back. Okay. So the last thing I was saying that I couldn't understand at first why. Uh... Okay, good. Okay, thanks, Matthew. So I think we're back, right? Uh, so sorry about this. Anyway, third time is the charm. <laughs> so what I was saying that is that... No, you kidding me? No, okay, no. <laughs> oh, the Maha Mantra, let's see if, if that's the word that freezes the computer, the Maha Mantra, no, is like spiritual rocket fuel. That's what I came up with. That, that's what I thought, like, it's like rocket fuel, which means it'll take you spiritually where you want to go. But rocket fuel itself is not going to tell you where you're going. And, and Krishna um, says in Gita that however you approach me, that's what you're going to get. So when you put those two things together, you have this amazingly powerful mantra in the Maha Mantra. Okay, we're back. <laughs> so the, from there on, then when I understood this point, uh, really because of Guru Maharaj, then it was much easier for me to uh, kind of apply myself in really understanding the goal and, and understanding why it's so important. But then, the, then there's the question, of course, and Lahiri Mahasaya is going to ask this question, like how much Sambandha do you have to have? Like Lahiri Mahasaya asks, do we have to be scholars in order to get Krishna praying? Because you're saying that we, this knowledge is so important. And then Vaishnava uh, Das says, no, no, not at all. Like you don't have to know any specific language or you don't have to be a scholar to have the right amount of Sambandha Gyan. Really what it is, is you get the, the basic idea of what is what, and then you start practicing. And that practice fuels your Sambandha Gyan. It's not Okay, I very much appreciate you guys not going crazy and just logging out because it's getting, I'm almost about to log out myself. So uh, what I was saying was that um, the question is um, how, uh, anyway, like how much Sambandagyan is necessary? I don't know how much you guys heard, but I was saying that, that Vaishnav Das says that it's not that you have to be a scholar or know all these languages or anything like that. It's just that you need a, a pure guru 
who will give you shiksha and diksha. And by seeing, hearing his words and uh, observing his behavior, that's, that's how you get Sambandagya. And I, I thought it was very nice that uh, Bhaktivinoda added that you, you observe the behavior, you learn from behavior, kind of like kids learn from their parents' behavior in a lot of ways, a lot more than what the parents say. And so that's a really nice point. And so really the, the, the culmination or the, the actualization of your Sambandagya comes from Sarusan. The last thing I was saying is that the culmination or the actualization of Sambandagyan comes from Sadhu Sangha. So first you study the scriptures and then uh, you create some faith and then you want to associate with pure devotees or really advanced devotees. And from that association, understanding of Sambandagyan gets supercharged. And then with that new understanding, you go back to the scriptures and you study them more. And then it becomes this cycle of sarusanga and some uh, and shast that really uh, kind of supercharges your uh, understanding of the sambandagya. And then the question is like, how much sambandagya? Well, the thing is, the more pure you get, the more you want to learn about where you're going. And I mean, I'm sure you've had this experience, like when you joined. There are so many details about the Lila and stuff that you are probably not interested in. Okay, backtracking a little bit. So like, I'm sure that when you guys joined, it certainly is true for me, when you own, um, oh, I think it cut off a little bit. Uh, so like when you got involved in Krishna consciousness, I'm sure you weren't that interested in all the details of the, the finer details, like the Lila and all this Rasa Tattva and all these like fine theistic points. It was kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, I'll get back to it, at, you know, at some point, and then I'm not this body, you know, Prashad is great, you know, let's do Kirtan, that kind of thing. And then the more mature you become as a devotee, sort of automatically, not that you become a scholar because of that, but it automatically... leads you to get more interested in the deeper details of you know Krishna's personality all his features it becomes like more real to you as you get further along and there's a discussion about adhikar in this chapter as well I'm kind of paraphrasing because it was a very long chapter and there's a lot of stuff to go through so I'm kind of just riffing it from uh, wherever I'm at right now and explaining it from there so Lahiri Mahashai asks about Adhikar for like between Vaidhi Bhakti and Raganuga Bhakti, because that's another distinction of Shuddha Bhakti. And uh, that is such an important point 
that you have to be aware of your adhikar, even in terms of in the lower sense that I was talking about, like what are you interested in? That you understand if you're not interested in, in the higher topics, that you understand they are important because your guru wouldn't be talking about it otherwise. But if you just don't have interest in it, then, you know, listen to it and take it in, but like, don't get obsessed about having to be some kind of Raganuga Bhakta because that's completely artificial. When you actually, when the desire for these topics, the higher topics arises in your heart and when you get genuinely interested, like when that's actually where you're at, that's who you are, then you, you add that to your practice and your understanding gradually. And it's very unfortunate. I mean, you know, of course, some preachers have really emphasized the Raganuga aspect and kind of clarifying what Shuddha Bhakti which is really important that we don't have this idea that bhakti is just about book distribution or, or some kind of external thing, but they, what really So what that uh, Shuddha Bhakti, we have to be clear on what Shuddha Bhakti is theoretically so that we know what we're involved in. So that we don't, that we really understand that in its heart, Shuddha Bhakti is this internal cultivation of a personal relationship with God that appears in this incredible Krishna form. But at the same time, we can't fake our interest in the high, higher topics if our adhikar is not there. And, and we should definitely there because what happens is you can seem like an advanced Vaishnava for a while and you know, impress everybody around you or whatever. But if that's not real for you, normally what happens is you end up dipping lower than what your actual adhikar is because you, it's this rubber band thing. You just like force yourself to be the uttam adhikari and bam, you're on the floor. So we have to be a little careful about that. And a nice example of, of this adhikar is uh, my wife, Rindrani, right now, she's uh, in this like intense scriptural study mode. And her ability to stay focused on this like extremely fine, like subtle philosophical stuff is just unbelievable. Like she can do it all day, every day. And I would like to keep up with her, you know, because she's studying the Sandarvas, Jiva Goswami Sandarvas right now. And I'd love to keep up with her because then, you know, you feel like you're more on the same page. And of course, you want to feel that with your partner and a spiritual, like a really like a mentor for me at the same time. So you want to feel that, but I can't fake that because I simply could not do what she's doing. And so then I have to just be honest about it and be like, I am not there yet. You know, I can't do that, but I very much appreciate what you're doing. And, and that from that appreciation, I hope, and just keeping the good company of my Guru Maharaj and, Vrindarania that that I start that that starts coming naturally to me and I think probably the power of uh, sadhu sangha or good association is that in some ways it presses you <laughs> to uh, try harder I mean maybe that's too much of a word but it makes you uh, desire to be better because you humans by nature they want to relate to the people around them so i'm in that way in a very fortunate situation that um 
I, my association is so much better than what I am, which means that I hopefully I'm able to make much faster progress than I would otherwise. And I am off on a tangent right now, so I better check my notes and uh, see where we're at. Okay. Very much in this fourth chapter and that is um so Vaishnav Das started talking about the Sambandha Gyan explaining it to Lahiri Mahashai Okay, sorry about that. Once again, man, if anybody actually is going to watch this video when it's on YouTube, I'm going to buy them a case of kombucha or something. <laughs> um, uh, where, where was I? Oh, yeah. Okay, so so Vaishnav does. I'm going to wrap it up with this because the internet is so bad that I think everybody's going to start tearing their hair out. So, so Vaishnav and Sambandha Gyan to... Um, Lahiri Mahashai, and then Lahiri Mahashai, he came from this kind of like, a, uh, well, not kind of, but from like a Mayavari or impersonal background. And so his idea had been that he just wanted to chant the Maha Mantra with Vaishnavs so that he could invoke these emotions without any kind of Sambandha Gyan. And by these emotions, he would uh, basically purify his heart and reach Brahman, and then he could cease doing Harina. And, and his mind's a little kind of blowing, getting blown away by all this Sambandha Gyan and this clear, beautiful understanding of what Vaishnav Das is giving him. But then some doubts, of course, you know, are going to remain because we don't get purified in a second, although he does get purified in a few days. Okay, we're back. So, so he has a doubt, nonetheless, Lahiri Mahashai, about Krishna's form, which makes sense if you have an impersonal conception. The idea that God has a form seems like it's a limitation on God, that basically the formless, uh, formless uh, face of, absolute, of the absolute is higher than provincial. And, and, and kind of like limited to one place and one um, manifestation. And uh, what Vaishnav Das says is that, that the very form of Krishna is all pervasive. And, you know, everywhere at the same time, omniscient and omnipotent. And, and then he asks Lahiri, 
which is more amazing. The fact that you can have an apparent form that is made out of pure spiritual consciousness and bhav, and this form that's actually everywhere at the same time, or this indefinite formless uh, spiritual fog, really, (laughs) that just like spreads everywhere. I mean, which is more amazing, which is more like incredible in terms of what the limits or the limitlessness of the absolute is. And it's clear that the fact that there can be an apparent form that is everywhere at the same time and has all the qualities you can imagine and beyond, that's just incredible um, in itself. And uh, I think I'm gonna stop there because of the internet and I think I've said enough any, anyway. And uh... okay. So that's, that's it for me today. And uh, I really want to thank you all again for your patience. Um, it's a, it's a sattvic, probably a Vaishnav quality, but I think it's one of the quality of Vaishnavs is patience. So you have proven yourself to be true Vaishnavs today. And uh, if you want to risk Okay, let's see, Matthew says, thank you for the wonderful lecture. Well, thank you for coming. The interruptions were fine. They allowed time to reflect on all these points. Yeah, that's, that's actually a very good way of looking. You know, a lot of the, the okay i'm just gonna wrap it up real fast before it freezes again so thank you all so much and uh, let's hopefully freeze a million times again next week